I will be preaching this Sunday and two other Sundays before I transition to what I announced to you would be, Valorant, my transition uh, to a, uh, a lesser responsibility of ministry. Lesser responsibility of ministry, Pastor J.C. And uh, a joy to have Pastor J.C. and, and Kimberly take the baton and, and move forward. So nobody's, uh, these next few sermons are not because somebody's pushing me out or, uh, or you feel pressured. This is just what I asked the Lord that I might be able to give in light of the legacy he's allowed us to have. So these, there's going to be a 12-point sermon in three weeks. And, and I, I thought about this and I thought, you know, what can I preach uh, as part of uh, my departure? Uh, can, I, can I preach some red hot stuff I've preached over the years and uh, that'll be good. Can I preach some stuff that they clap a lot about and laugh a lot about and have a good time about? And uh, I've got sermons all over. I preached on every subject. I have hundreds of sermons. So I could have pulled one or two out and you wouldn't have had a clue that I preached it before because I wouldn't have had a clue that I preached it before. But I preach, I love the subject of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen? I love the subject of prophecy. I love the subject of the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ. I've preached more sermons on that subject than any others. I love the subject on the power of praising God. Can I get an amen? I love the, the subjects that relate to current events and, and what that means for our life today. And so as, as I look at that, I preach about prayer and parables and storms, storms of life. But a few weeks ago, God impressed upon my heart this thing about what the years have taught you. And I began to write down some stuff until recently, a week before last, he was more specific. This is not in an order of priority. We all have a story. I don't know what the story of your life has taught you, but I'm going to share with you what the story of ministry has taught me. And, and I, I say that, I want to call it better with time. Better time. And the two passages I gave you as you leave that up here, it, it talks about God speaking to Joshua. He says, I'm going to take you into the promised land. Moses, stop here, but I'm going to take you to the promised land. And I promise you it's going to get better with time. Milk and honey. And then, then the second scripture I gave to you is, I have been young and now I'm old. I didn't like that I'm old stuff. <laughs> I think I like older I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, let me talk to you about a few kind of secular things that sets the course for the rest of this word. Things that are better with age or better with time. Eleven of them, maybe twelve. Whiskey. Don't say amen. Because if you do, I got your number. Whiskey. Uh, here's another one. Cheddar cheese. Huh? If you go in your fridge when you go home, it has mold on it, eat it. <laughs> what, what about this? Jeans, blue jeans. Can I get a witness? Don't you just dislike it when your wife says, you know, those jeans are worn. I'm going to buy you a new pair. What's wrong with you, woman? I just... But this is a different time and day. And I don't mean this any offense. I walked around a little bit a while ago. I didn't see this. It was dark. But I'm amazed at how much money people would spend 
to bite Jews with holes in them. But they get better with time. Uh, how about cast iron skillets, ladies? You know, your grandmother passed it down to your mother and et cetera. Cast iron skillets. This, this they are fast food. This generation do not know what a cast iron skillet is. Beef gets better with time. Yeah. Beef jerky. Where did I ever get that from? Here's, here's another one. Balsamic vinegar gets better with time. You can have mine. Fine leather gets better with time. Yeah, I like that thought. Pickles get better with time. Let me tell you something about pickles. They taste nasty the first day, and they taste nasty. <laughs> this is my sermon. I'm just... Your granddaughter, London, loves Pickles. And if she offers me some, I'll take it and put it in my pocket. <laughs> How about this? Flannel sheets. Huh? Yeah. How about some? Oh, Lord, I got to get to the sermon. Something just hit me there. So some of y'all don't even make up your bed. You don't, know, you don't know what gets better with time. Wine gets better with time. That is grape juice <laughs> for communion. Seedlings, a small, little, beautiful plant. You put it in the ground in the spring, it gets better with time, doesn't it? When it yields fruit. Uh, a new haircut gets better with time. Because any none of us here ever got a haircut that we liked, but we're hoping with time it'll grow out. <laughs> they say pets get better with time. <laughs> I'm sure beside that. I'm sure working on that. You know what's so beautiful to me? When Sister Vini passed, I was sitting out in the four-year lobby of the nursing home with the Doris and I. I knew he meant every word of it. He said, our love for each other, as time went on, got better. That's the way it should be, and that's the way it should be with our relationship with Christ. Let me give you four things here uh, real speedily if I can. Here's, here's what the years have taught me regarding better with time. Number one, God is faithful. How many could say, witness to that by saying amen? amen. God is faithful. Let, let, let me show you a couple thoughts here and then I have a couple more. God is faithful in the good times and God is faithful in the bad times. Amen. Now, now let me pause right there to give you an illustration of Elijah. You remember, and I won't elaborate, you remember that Elijah ascended Mount Carmel because God told him to. And God said to Elijah, summon all the false prophets in the land. Jezebel was the queen of the land. She was a meanie. Matter of fact, she was the devil in a skirt. Heathen, reprobate. You get the idea? She had 450 false prophets on her payroll. They'd say anything in the name of God that she wanted said. And then there were 400 other prophets of Asherah who was also, were also prophets of the devil. God says, I've got enough of that, Elijah. Call them all to the mountain, Mount Carmel, build two altars, and we're going to prove which God is the God. Is it the God of Jezebel or the God 
of Israel. And so the Bible says that Elijah, they built two altars and put the animal, an animal on each altar for the sacrifice. Think here with me now. They, they took stacks and stacks of wood and they, they built it about this high, okay? And, and what they did was after they got it about this high, they, they put the, the severed parts of the animals on each altar. Elijah said, since you all are more than I, you are 850 and it's just me, you all go first. And, and here's, the, here's the deal. The God that answers by fire is the God whom we're going to serve. We're not talking about the God who sends lightning down from heaven through a thunderstorm and light up the altar. That can happen more normally than if a fire is ignited from beneath the altar. I mean, if God, you're going to notice a miracle. You won't have to doubt it. Here's, here's a long short of it. The uh, prophets of Baal. They got on the altar, they jumped on it, they stomped, they chanted, they went all through their voodoo nonsense. And then they got up on the altar and took sharp stones and cut up themselves until the Bible said the blood gushed out of their body. I mean, Jesus died for us. He don't intend for us to die for him. He may choose a martyr's death, but he doesn't, he, we don't worship God like that. So about noontime, Elijah said, your God's probably on vacation. Your God's probably in, in not, nothing bad with this, just an assumption of getting older, a nursing home. Your God is probably fast asleep and you need to yell louder. They did all that. No God showed up and Elijah said, get off the altar, time my turn now. So they put the animal on Elijah's altar and Elijah said, look. I want you to pour a large jar full of water. Like some of those clay jars could hold five gallons at a time. And so they pour it on the altar, on the animal. There was a trench around the altar. And he said, pour it another time. They pour it the second time. They pour it the third time. And the whole trench was filled up. The animal was wet and so was the altar. And Elijah prayed a 63-word prayer. He's God in the good time and God in the bad time. A 63-word prayer. You know, I like these gas-burning stoves. You can't say amen because you know where I'm going. <laughs> I like these stoves that instantly you turn the button, the whole, and you have boiled eggs in two minutes. No. I like that kind of, and then that's how God showed himself strong. Instantly, fire came under the offering. Burned up the, the wood until it turned to ashes. Burned up the sacrifice and dried up the trenches because when God does it, he does it right. So that's the good part. God, here's God in the bad times. No sooner than Jezebel heard what happened to her priest. So as soon as that was done, Elijah said, we know whose God is God. Bring all 850 of them to, down to the river. Kill them all. Jezebel said, I'm coming after you, Elijah. Just like you did my prophet, I'm going to kill you. He ran for his life. Here, here's something I want you to note that I asked the second service to note. After your greatest victory, often comes your greatest test. Yeah. And so Elijah runs for days. He's so tired, the, the queen says he's going to she's going to kill him. He runs for days, fall asleep under a tree. God says, get up. I want you to eat this food, drink the water. He doesn't know where it comes from, and you're going to need the strength. He goes with that strength, hides in a cave because he's still afraid until God comes knocking at the mouth of the cave, and he speaks out and says, what are you doing here? I, am I not faithful? Did I help you last week, last month? Oh, my Carmel, can I get an amen? 
And God sometimes say to us, what are you doing here? Go outside the cage. Kevin, I want to tell you something. God sent at the mouth of that cave a wind that blew hard, but God wasn't in the wind. God sent at the mouth of that cave a, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. God sent at the mouth of that cave fire to consume the mountain and its growth on the mountain, but God wasn't in the fire. But then there was a still, small voice. I may know God don't have to yell all the time. Get up, Elijah. I'm not finished with you. I'm faithful even now. Can I get an amen, somebody? Let, 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 let me, you know what else about God? God's faithful when you're broke, and he's faithful when you're not. <laughs> I mean, you know that. Uh, you know, there's an occasion, and I, I got to get through this stuff instead of staying here. There's, there's an occasion. In the Old Testament, where a woman who had two sons whose husband had recently died unexpectedly, the husband left the family with a large debt. She was not able to pay the debt. The creditor who loaned the money says, if you don't have the money by such and such a date, I'm coming after your boys. They're going to work for me. The husband's already dead. She's going to lose her sons. Elijah, Elisha, Elisha shows up in town because God sends him there. God's got your number. He can use anybody to fix you and help you. She, she tells her predicament to the man of God uh, because she was so disturbed. My husband died. I only have two sons. We don't, we don't have a little bit of a oil in a, in a little jar, and that's all we have. And when that is consumed, I don't know what we're going to do. The creditors are going to come get my boys. Elisha said, what do you got in the house? Tell me what you have in the house. If you got a little faith in the house, it'll go a long ways. Amen. If you got a little praise in the house, it, I am preaching better than you clapping. Y'all get caught up in just a minute. I just got a, I just got a oil this, this, this size. And I'm fixing to it. I'm not fixing to pour this on my carpet, just in case you thought that. Why do they have this up here? Get every vessel. Elisha said, get every vessel from your neighbors and your friends. Borrow every vessel you can find. And when you find those vessels, take your boys into your house. Close the door. Because he's God when you're broken. He's God when you're not. Boy, they got into that room, all sizes, vessels, red, yellow, green, brown, whatever. whatever. And, and she, she started pouring in a smaller vessel, thinking, well, that's all I'm going to get. Just exchanging vessels. Oh, God, don't exchange vessels with you. He gives you a bigger vessel. She fills one up. They bring another. She fills that up. She fills one about this big. And she thinks, where's all this coming from? But let me put, maybe there's one more left. She fills every vessel they can borrow and still had the same amount of oil from the source of the vessel. Because God, my friends, is God of the abundant source of supply. He is not a bankrupt God. He's not a God who's got to borrow money. He's not a God that's got to use a credit card. He is an awesome God. Yes, 
<laughs> Ooh, my, my, my. Part of our problem is we got too many little vessels. Uh, let me hurry here. I'm going to skip this point because it didn't go over well in the last service. Uh, Deuteronomy 7 and 9. Put it on the screen, please. Here's the faithfulness of God. Everybody ready? Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. He does it with those who love Him and keep His commandments. You do the loving part, He'll do the faithful part. Here's another, here's another verse, please. Acknowledge with me. Psalm 36 and 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. How do you measure that? You don't measure that. He's faithful. Let me show you one more verse on faithfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. It says, he who calls you is faithful. He also will do it. I see Brother Roger and Sister Sharon way back in the back. Roger has to, Sharon has to sit with him even though he's backslidden. But he's the founder of this church. And I came to this church in January of 1985. Following Pastor Powell. I came with some dreams and visions that were bigger than I. Anybody had that? You ever had big dreams and visions and little money? Little friends? Little friends. But I want to tell you what, Miss Valerie. Pastor Jeff, you know it in your life. If he called you, he'll do it. If God made you a promise, he won't walk out on you. Amen. Okay, here's another thought. Second thought. He is an on-time God. I've had a lot of dealings with a lot of people in 33 years. I've dealt with banks and businesses and vendors and our denomination and ministries and government. I've had some major concerns about the timing of God in my life. One fellow said that God's never been late, but he scared me to death few times. Look, look at this. God's an on-time God. I quickly will share with you something you already know. Ask Abraham if God's an on-time God. Abraham was told by God to take his son, his only son, Isaac, of which came to bear and, and birth him his, his life with uh, Sarah and Abraham. She was 90. He was 100. It gets better with time. <laughs> Just kidding. You and I, Valerie, we ain't no ready for no Isaac. <laughs> take your son, your only son, Isaac. Take him to a mountain. I'll tell you where the mountain is. I want you to take him and sacrifice him unto me. Abraham doesn't question God. I want to have that kind of faith. He, tra- he takes from his place of dwelling, he brings two or three of his servants. He takes a donkey, he takes a lot of wood for the fire, and he takes a, a knife for the sacrifice and some fire. He th- travels three days. God says, stop, that mountain there, Mount Moriah, you take your son up there, build an altar and offer him up. 
Abraham ascends the mountain. He puts the wood in his son's arms. He has a knife by his side and the portable fire that he's taking. The son is only curious. Father, Abraham says, yes, son. We have the wood and we have the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And the Bible says that Abraham responded to his son by saying, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. How many know after Abraham, Jesus came on the scene because God provided himself a sacrifice? Oh, mama. Now, now here, here's a thought. Abraham builds the altar. Abraham gets the fire ready. Abraham takes rope or vines and ties his boy with tears in his eyes. Doesn't question God. His hands are trembling. Tears are in his eyes. His knees are knocking. And he would to God that, that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to obey you, God. He lifts up the knife over the body of his son, about to bring it down when the on time God said, Abraham, Abraham, do no harm to your son, for now I know you love me above all things and anyone. I wish you'd say praise the Lord. On time, God. God doesn't allow us to go through some things because God doesn't know what we'll do. God allows us to go through some things because we don't know what we're going to do. I feel like I could jump out of here on that floor. But I ain't that anointed. <laughs> Number three. I like this one especially. There be more for us. Than against us. There be more for me. Than against me. You, you, you. You don't have to be a preacher. To say that. I'll give you a little history. Over the years. I have had my share of opposition. Some folks have gotten rather upset with me. And I have been guilty of being the source of some people's anger. Because I know my style of preaching and my content of preaching in your face doesn't just fly well with some people. And some of you don't mind it. You, you like hearing it even though you're not going to do nothing about it. I have had to make some strong, unpopular decisions. Most of the strife I've faced has been, in my opinion, without provocation. But, but listen to this. I'm not making this up. I have been cussed at. I haven't shouted at. I haven't threatened. I have received anonymous letters. And whenever I find out who anonymous, anonymous is, I'm going to slap the daylights out of him. <laughs> I've received unkind emails, texts, complaints were made against me to my bishop who's over me. Countless times I've had my feelings hurt. I may be exaggerating on this one, but I have been told by a few folks where to go and how to get there. <laughs> and here's the real spiritual one. There have been threats that come wrapped up in this statement. The Lord told me to tell you. Yeah. And I want to say the Lord tell me to, told me to tell you to take a flying leap. 
the Lord has been used for all kinds of junk. Man, I've had people show up. This is not persecution. Maybe it is. That told me I'd have a ministry bigger than some guys. Big ministry. Well, you know, I'm not against that, but. Uh, this is not a reflection on you. This is a reflection on the first service. I mean, Pastor JC, I've had some serious problems with just those people in the first service. So why do I want a bigger ministry? Here's this. Put the two verses on the screen. Somebody say amen. amen. Is this helping you? Yeah. It is me. Yeah. Look at this. So he answered, do not fear for those who are with you are more than those who are, pardon me, are with us are more than those who are with them. Let, let me clarify. The Lord has so designed his blessing on us that regardless of the numerous host of enemies we have, how many know one person can give you enough? That, that, that's like a host. I, I try to be uh, respectful for the sake of students, children in the service. But how many know one person can give you enough? H E L L. Some of you sitting there so pious. You're probably the one that gave them H E L L. Got one friend in the house. Okay, here we go, here we go. Can you give me five minutes? Five minutes. What would you raise your hand if you will? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty-five, forty, forty. I'd do the series in one service. Come to the music, please. Those of us who preach a while know that come to the music don't mean nothing. I love this story, and I'm going to close with it. The final thought of this four points, I won't get to it, but if you take notes, write down the final thought of the four things for today's lesson. He supplies our needs. The book of Philippians, for my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My life, your life, this house is a testament God, so I've, been, I've been around some of you. You have me. You've been with me at my worst. I've had certain times and in, in recent times that it didn't look like I was going to get back here or here. I don't care to elaborate on it. I used to, but I don't care to do it because I just don't. I'm going to hear later. He supplied all of my needs. The uh, car I drive, you too. The house you live in. The clothes you wear, the food you eat. Comes from his bounty. Uh, the king of Syria, it's back to the third point. The king of Syria 
was strategizing for attacking the king of Israel and taking them captive. And the king of Syria would say, we're going to go down this road. We're going to go through this gully. We're going to hide behind this mountain. And we're going to take him off guard. And every time the king of Syria would strategize a route to go and get Israel, when they got there, the Israelites were there. And so on one occasion, the king of Syria says, every plan I make, he said to his commanders, his troops, every plan I make and tell you guys to do it, when we get there, it's destroyed. I want you to tell me, the king of Syria says, who's on my side? Are you guys on my side? Are one of you telling my plans? He said, no, 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 no. He said, everything you say in this room, O king, God tells Elisha, and he tells the king, because there'd be more for us than against us. The king of Syria says, Go get Elisha. Bring him here. And I inferred that we're going to kill him. He sent maybe hundreds and thousands of chariots and whatever. They, they surrounded the little hut that Elisha was staying in and his servant Gehazi. And they were waiting for the sun to rise. All the Syrian troops. As soon as the sun arrives, we're going to rush in and kill the man of God. Take him captive either way. Early in the morning, the servant Gehazi went to gather the water or whatever he does in the morning for the man of God. And when he went out, he saw thousands of soldiers, not of Israel, with horses and chariots and spears and swords. And he ran back into Elisha and he said, Oh, man of God, there be thousands from Syria who have come against us. And the man of God said, No, no, no one prayer and he said God open the eyes of my servant let him really see what the odds are and the Bible says when he did Gehazi saw chariots and fire and angels so many you couldn't count them because the Bible says when the devil is against you and God is for you you are going to win every time every time stand up and praise him with me I am a winner in Jesus name give him five more seconds come on praise him oh my 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 hallelujah yes oh uh, my well, I want, I want to pray for you in a minute, but I want you to sing that song because I, I want to get their spirits and their faith up. So don't, don't leave. I'm going to pray for you in response to this preaching, but I want you to get these words. I've had many tears and sorrow. If you know it, sing it. I've had questions for tomorrow. There it is. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. Hallelujah. But in every situation, How about that, church? God gave that bless and consolation. Oh, and my Holy trials Ghost. come to only make me strong. Sing it with him, everybody. Through it all. Would you lift your hands in thanksgiving? All, I learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned. Trust in God. 
trust in Jesus and I learned to trust in God through it all through it all I've learned to depend upon His Word I'm going to do something different than the first service because I feel the Lord did me to say it. If your situation lately has gotten bitter instead of better, I want you to come for prayer as a group. If you have been overwhelmed by the number of those against you and for you, I want you to come for prayer. If you found that your needs are not being supplied according to His riches, this is not a judgment time if you come, okay? This, uh, this ain't, you're backslidden, you're heathen. That's why you got, no, no. I want you to come for the power. If you found out that he's just not a right time, on time God like you need him to be because the devil's lied to you, I'm going to keep you long. I'm just going to ask you to come to this sacred place here. It's all sacred, but the altar seems to have a greater emphasis. You'll sing it again. I'm going to ask you to step out in Jesus' name. Everybody else sing. I've been to lots of places. You come, just raise your hands. I've seen a lot of faces. Come elders, come prayer teams, come staff. Everybody sing. But in my lonely hours, Yes, these precious lonely hours. Say it. Jesus let me know that I was his own. Through it all. Through it all. That's beautiful. I've learned to trust in Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. I've learned Hallelujah. to trust in God. that I feel if you know somebody up here come stand with them if you don't know them but you want to stand with them as a support to them choose you somebody come I, I, I need for us to help these people feel loved I don't know anybody well just come and stand in the aisle <laughs> oh my 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 yeah I, it don't matter to me which one of you come, to whom you go. I, it, what matters to me is that we embrace each other in our hurt and our fear. So the church, those in the house that are not here in the altar, I need you to help me by pointing your hands and your arms in this direction. Those of you that are here in the altar, would you raise your hands in the direction of heaven? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to pray. The devil, you're a liar. You will not have these people. They're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And no weapon formed against them shall prosper. They are not the tail. They are the head. 
So we go back into the enemy's camp right now and we take back what belongs to us. Say amen, church. I pray that you'd renew their joy. I pray that you would increase their faith. I pray, oh God, that you'd be their rear guard and front guard and above them and beneath them. Amen, church. I pray you'd put a song in their heart again, praise in their lips. I pray that you'd heal their bodies. I pray for relationships that are not better. Help them to be better. I pray for finances that need to be better. I pray you turn it around. Amen. I pray against drugs and alcohol and sexual promiscuity. I pray against it out of every life. I pray, oh God, for marriages that are on the verge of separation. Father, I pray for what keeps them up at night. Remove it so they can go to sleep. I pray, oh God, that even right now you'd fill us all with a baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Give us the fire. Give us the language. Give us the fruits of the Spirit. Pour the oil of gladness on us. We exchange the garment of heaviness for the garment of praise. Say amen, somebody. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to pray to God. You go ahead right now before we transition. Go ahead and pray right now. If I miss something, you won't miss it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, go ahead. Press in. Press in with me. That's okay. You don't have to pray like somebody else, but you pray passionately you pray deliberately come on just do that God I'm not leaving this altar like I came to the altar God you are my best friend you are my mom and my dad and my friend and my all in all oh. sing it again brother Those of you in the altar and in the house, through it all, praise Him through song. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned you, to trust in God. Thank you, Jesus. Through it all, strength and your help and your peace. Through it all, to get better. In Jesus' name. I've
Yes, those precious lonely hours. Jesus let me know I was his own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through tarry for prayer, I'd be glad to tarry with you and anoint you. All the others of you go and kick the devil anyhow you want to. <laughs>